and the heavy metal by synthesizers. Ah, uh, you can't play heavy metal with synthesizers. 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 Welcome to episode 82 of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I'm here with Matt this week. The waiting is over, right, Matt? Matt? Heaven can't wait till another day, Matt. Aren't you excited? Matt? (sighs) And as you've heard, Matt's not here. I was with him on Friday night in Kansas City at a Kansas City Royals baseball game, as well as a St. Louis Cardinals game on Saturday night in St. Louis, Missouri. Even more than that, just about 10 hours ago, I ate at Texas Roadhouse with him in Kansas City, and I even watched Impractical Jokers in his living room with him today. I guess it just wasn't enough to get him to be on the show this week. So either way, we are continuing with the Somewhere in Time theme and the closing track on side A of this album that Matt has been trying to get me to play the last couple of weeks, Heaven Can Wait. So as you can tell, Heaven Cannot Wait. Now it's time for a little bit of audience participation. And since Mr. Lawless is not here this week to share that bit of wit with us, you have to hear my crappy version. (laughs) Now, last week we took a break in the Somewhere in Time album series to bring you the Iron Maiden story of a guy that I just learned today was thanked by Adrian Smith himself in the credits on the Bruce Dickinson Chemical Wedding album. I mean, how cool is that? This guy, how in with Adrian Smith do you get to be thanked on the album? I would like to know. Maybe we will learn a little more about that next time he's on. (laughs) But this is the time in the show where we thank those that got involved and shared as well as retweeted the podcast. And those that shared it are as follows. First off is Daniel Williams, who may be from the planet Jindel. M.D. Smooth, a radio station in Atlanta, Georgia. Sunny Hollywood Pooney in San Francisco, California. Reggie Oz in Melbourne, Australia. Maybe, maybe since Matt's here, I should say Melbourne, Australia. Next was Joel 
Yawny Hebensberger in Guthrie, Oklahoma. The Liverpool Scousers, Don McIntyre and Stephanie Jane Gray. Adrian Frederick Smith FAS, which is an Adrian Smith fan page out of Brazil. Kirsty Prince in Perth, Australia. And last, but certainly not least, the Sassanac in Falkirk, Scotland, UK. My buddy, Andy. Thank you very much to each and every one of you who shared. I really, really, truly do appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so as we get ready to hear your voices and what you thought, those of you that were here, what you thought of Heaven Can Wait, going to give you a quick bit of info on what you can do involving the show, following me, things like that. Here's what you can do. You can follow me on Twitter. My username is at Uncle Steve Rock. This is the best way to keep up with the show to it's where I'm most active for sure. So you can become a patron as well at patreon.com slash Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. You get some extra goodies there. I'm a little behind on the month of June, but I will work on that this week. Um, you can leave me a positive review wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google, wherever Please do that. I really would appreciate it. You can leave me every star you can, if it's a five star or whatever, and write something nice telling people why they should listen or maybe tell them why you listen. Maybe that would be nice. That would go. I think something like that, when you read stuff like that, if you read, oh, this guy sucks. Eh, I got a nice, uh, some nice feedback from somebody on the last episode about the format that was, uh, and it's always nice to read those things because sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not so good. You can also share the podcast when it comes out, either on Facebook or Twitter. Those are things you can do. So I'm guessing you are ready to rock. All right. Let's rock. Track four is uh, Heaven Can Wait. And Kirsty, what do you think of Heaven Can Wait? Oh, it's, um, it's got a nice um, atmospheric guitar sound in the beginning at the intro. It's kind of a cool story. It's one of those Maiden songs where they wonder whether they're dreaming or not that they keep doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitars are the best thing about this song. Um, both the solos are great. Adrian sounds really emotional just after the gang vocals. Um, and under the gang vocals as well, if it, I just listen underneath, there's a lot going on with the guitars there that's really beautiful, but you wouldn't necessarily notice. Yeah. Uh, it's not the best chorus. It's a bit repetitive. I know there's a lot of repetitive choruses. It doesn't always bother me, but in this case, I'll say that. Um, 
I don't know why we're having gang vocals. Is that what we're going to hear when we're going up to heaven? But um, it does mean <laughs> that it's made to be played live. Um, yeah. And, and it's really, it's good live. I, I was thinking, oh, I'm a bit tired of it coming up. They always pick this one from the album. But then I watched it on Somewhere Back in Time the other day. And oh, it just looked like everyone was having the best time. And that's where the um, the repetitive chorus and the gang vocals actually work. And even though like, Adrian doesn't even get to do his solo anymore, Yannick does it and he does something random, I still really enjoyed watching it. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, good song. And that's okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, for me, when I listen to this song now compared to when I was younger, when I was younger, I used to just listen to things and you'd play an album and you'd just love it. You'd love everything because it was Iron Maiden kind of. And now when I listen to it, the song doesn't do a lot for me. If if I'm if I'm uh, listening to this album and a little bit time poor, then I will hit the uh, little skip button. But but the song doesn't do much for me. I, I like the intro, uh, which I it's I think it's a bass and guitar intro, right? Is in, it's not. I thought, yeah. or actually, I thought that was just bass, but but yeah, it's got that fuzzy sound to it, and um, and then it and kind of like a caught somewhere in time that the pace kicks in, pretty frenetic. Um, I don't really like the way that Bruce is delivering the verses. Um, it's not bad, but it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. Uh, the chorus gets old to me. Like you know, it's just it's just I think it's that he's singing it. It's too fast. You know, he, cause maybe if he would just, if they would half time it or something, but it's, you know, heaven can wait, heaven can wait. It's, it's, I'm thinking that's just too hard to sing live. I would think in. Yeah. I mean, and there's when, too many words in the verse. So that's also hard to sing at that speed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that really, you know, blaze the head blaze do this song live, which I thought was a terrible, terrible choice for blaze. <laughs> that's um, a tough one. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I don't. The song is kind of a happy sounding song too. You know this. I don't know. I, I. Yeah. The chorus really. I think the chorus is is bad because it's singing too. It's repetitive, but it's repetitive and it's too quick. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, I think when I was older, when I was younger, I liked it, and I think it was because I was naive to just oh, it's this is it's all brand new to me. You know, as you get older, you think about things and you appreciate things differently or you don't appreciate them. But um, my, I think the best part of the song outside of the – okay, the part where they're leading, leading into the uh, gang chorus, you know, the whoa, whoa, whoa part. I love when they're doing the take my hand, I'll lead you to the promised land. I think that oh, part yeah. is really – that sounds really, really cool. Mm-hmm. But then – the the whoa 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 stuff you know I really like that part you know and then the the guitars that are underneath it where it's just like dun 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 I, I don't um, I think that's pretty cool and the ending of the song I like the ending as well for two reasons it sounds cool and it means the song's over so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt what do you think? Uh, and don't you don't you dare say this is better than Sea of Madness. <laughs> well, what do you want me to say then? <laughs> I haven't really got far to go then. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so when I when I listened to this on the album, so I don't really care much for it. Is what I just noted is like, I don't care for this. 
it's yeah. funny you say when you were younger that you used to like this. And I guess I was the same where I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. It was a Maiden song. So sure. I liked it. I didn't dislike anything. Like sometimes I might not listen to something, but I didn't dislike it. And right. I grew to dislike this one over, over time. The huh. lyrics. So I actually like the lyrics to this, you know, the out of body experience, but not being afraid mm-hmm. to die, but not wanting to go, etc. So I like sure. the story. But like you said, the chorus, I, was like, I don't care for this chorus. But then when I kept listening to it, I was like, I wonder if it's actually the music under the chorus that I didn't like. Like something just never felt right about it, hmm. even from when I first started to listen. And if I was getting really into it, it's when he says, heaven can wait for about the third time. That's where I always <laughs> had a problem with it. And that's getting real nitpicky, I know. But there was just something where it didn't gel for me. I don't know what it was. Um, the gang vocals, I kind of like the gang vocals in this. I like the pace of the song. That was fine. I didn't mind the the verses that were through it. Um, I did like, I thought it was interesting, uh, Kirsten, that you mentioned the music under the gang vocals, because that's one part that I do really like. And I noted that it's kind of like little improvisations. And I know it's not, but it feels like it. So yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. And I like the solos in it. But I still think that the the weakest part by far is the chorus. But mm-hmm. having said that, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but I went and listened to a couple of live versions of it. So I went and listened to the Made in England video. And then I found I preferred that. So I wondered if maybe the studio version just doesn't get the essence of the song maybe, and it's much better when it's live. And so when Bruce is calling out the, the chorus on that um he's he's doing the first part and he would leave the audience to participate and i thought this just sounds better like this so then i went and listened to a couple other versions and it was like a different song so i don't like this song on the album i probably don't want to listen to it but i did like it in a live version yeah i totally agree that's what i was thinking um it wasn't till i listened to it live and then i was like oh no actually this is really good after all so, yeah, and yeah so, it works really well live. Uh-huh. And so I found this kind of the total opposite of Caught Somewhere in Time, where I really like the studio version of that, but on the, and it, admittedly they're bootlegs that I've seen the versions of that, but I didn't think it transferred as well live. So I was getting the, the opposite vibe on this. No good on the album for me, but works really well live. And... But just going back to the Made in England thing as well. So in the, there was one part of it in the video where Bruce is yelling, you know, I can't hear you, Birmingham. Come on. And I did wonder if Wayne and Trev might have been there and if they did yell out <laughs> on command. For some reason, they just floated through my head when I was watching that. Well, there you go. They did go to that gig. So, yeah. Oh, they did? Tre- Trevor. Like, yeah. Trevor was probably doing that weird dance or something like that or spacing out or whatever you happened. <laughs> you you want to hear this. Listen to this, though. I'm going to name uh, one, two, four songs. And I want you to tell me if you think any of these four songs are better than Heaven Can Wait. Phantom of the Opera. Don't don't tell me until I'm done. Phantom of the Opera, Clairvoyant, Wasted Years, and Revelations. Do you think any of those are better than Heaven Can Wait? Yes. Well, if you're okay. saying any of them, I'll say all yes. All of them. I wouldn't say all of all them. Of them. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say that. Which one of those do you think is not better? Uh, so you said Phantom, can I play? No, 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 no. Phantom, Clairvoyant, oh, Clairvoyant. 
Mm-hmm. Wasted years and revelations. I feel like you're setting me up because um, I'm not no, no, a no. fan of clairvoyant. Oh, okay. Well, here's the deal. Heaven Can Wait has been played live more than all those four songs. <laughs> here, here, let me just say this. Heaven Can Wait, I'm looking at, when, if, this is, if this site is accurate, setlist.fm. It is the 12th most played song live ever um. by Iron Maiden. And let me let me give you the top. How about, let's, let me tell you the eleven ahead of it. Uh, we'll go in top to bottom. The number one. Wait, what do y'all think is the number one most played song ever by Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yep. There you go. The title ep- eponymous song Iron Maiden. Next is the number of the beast. Next is Hallowed, the Trooper, Run to the Hills, Two Minutes to Midnight. Uh, I'll say this just for Kirsty Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> Wrathchild, Fear of the Dark, Running Free, and The Evil That Men Do. Hmm. There, there's so many. I'm, like I'm scrolling through. The, these are songs that have here. Let me just go through. These are songs that have been played less live than Heaven Can Wait. Ace is High, Children of the Damned, Power Slave, Flight of Icarus, Sign of the Cross, The Klansman, The Wicker Man, Remember Tomorrow, Blood Brothers, even Blood Brothers? Golly. Uh, Where Eagles Dare, Moonchild, um, Brave New World, Seventh Son, Stranger Stranger in a Strange Land is pretty low. It's the number forty eighth most played song. Uh, For the Greater Good of God. There's a lot of songs that they here. Let me go to the very bottom of this list. I'm sorry, I just wanted to. And uh, age would have something to do with some of that. Not in all cases, but in some cases it would too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of the songs from A Matter of Life and Death are number 104, <laughs> uh, which we all understand. Uh, Passchendaele has only been, played, only been played 53 times, which is surprising. Sea of Madness has been played 68 times. I'm just trying to, this just blows my mind that that's been played that many times. Infinite, yeah. Dreams, sa- Infinite Dreams has sadly only like been played. Say, it does work really well live, though, but I would rather hear. Pretty much anything, anything else, else off the album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think yeah, Infinite Dreams is criminal. That's never been played again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, you made a good point, Kirsty, when you said that about it not being, or it being played every time they want to put something in the set list. It's, you know, outside of Wasted Years, it's always that. And I'm just thinking, God, who, that to me, that, that's the last thing I would want to hear from this album. So uh, See, when I think like that, I would think Wrathchild is the one that they just throw in there. Well, yeah, well, but I'm talking about from this. Do. I'm talking about from this oh, album. Out of the okay, from, yeah, from this album here. So, all right. So, ha- are we done bashing this song? Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> sure. Heaven can wait. 
Well, well, the next song we have is track four, which back in the day, I don't know, did he, I didn't have the album on vinyl. I had it on cassette. So this was the final track on side one or side A. It was Heaven Can Wait. And Andy, I'll let you go first on Heaven Can Wait. What do you think about it? I think the album dips a little bit here, if I'm honest. Um, it's hard to see part of the song. Um, it's, I don't see it's a terrible song. It's not bad, but it's, it is a little bit repetitive for me. I know that the, the sing-along, the, you know, which they used uh, many a year, we, you know, bring members of the crowd and do the, the, the war-war bits. And, uh, yeah, mm. you know, if, if I'm if I'm a maiden song, I'm singing along with it, don't get me wrong, but not one of my favourites. On on the album, um, just I, th- I think it's just a little bit too too repetitive that that, that chorus for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, heaven can wait, heaven can wait. You know, just it's it's you know mm. that this comes up with me and stuff a lot, doesn't it? Just the, the sort of one phrase repeating over and over again. Sometimes it it you know it's it could do a bit more of that song, I think, or. Just not a favourite. No, no, I'm not saying I hate it. But wouldn't be, wouldn't be one of my top songs on this album. That's for sure. Okay, okay. What about you, uh, Alan? What do you think about that? What do you think about Heaven Can Wait, Alan? Yeah, I'd agree. It's, it's pretty average. I think it, I mean, it starts well. I like the sound of the synths at the start, um, but it, it it just starts going on. It's, it it goes on and on and on. It's so long. Mm-hmm. It's like seven and a half minutes long. Seven and a half minutes, yeah. And the solos in it are not great. They're they're just average solos. <clears throat> I don't like the I don't like the crowd chanting bit. Um, oh wow! And I'd what I'd say is, it, I think um, Bruce keeps it keeps it afloat. Uh, imagine if it was somebody else singing it, and I think that's like a lot of the problem. With a lot of the a lot of the Blaze stuff is that if you if you put it in an earlier album with Bruce singing it, you probably you probably rate it a lot higher. And I think Bruce keeps this song up, but it's it's not a great song. And no. and we're going as well to those lyrics where they're all crammed in. I mean, you just have to read them. Yeah. Um, if just read them off the sheet, you can almost imagine the how quickly Bruce is singing it. Mm-hmm. That can't understand what is happening to me. The opening riff, but it's not it's not as slow as that. It's can't understand. Yeah. It's happening to me, and he's just so fast. Yeah, they're all just squ- they're a bit squashed in. So, it's rough, and, though, I, yeah. and I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think in the nineteen eighties they ever brought a bad record out. And this is, but I think Heaven Can Wait's um, one of their poorer songs in that in that decade. But I still, yeah. but I still, I wouldn't skip it. So I still no. think it's it's still okay. Mm-hmm. But you, okay. you you do feel that Steve was just trying to write one in, and it's yeah. still in this, and they've played it so many times as well at live. I think it's only because of the the crowd chanting bit much because they can get a bit of audience interaction. Because I can't imagine why else they would do it because it's yeah. nowhere near the strongest song on this album. And so there you are. That'd be my view on it. I've been very kind to it there, have I? Yeah. Well, 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 just so y'all know, and I, I said this when I had Matt and Kirsty on as well, 
This is Heaven Can Wait is the twelfth most played song ever live by oh. Iron Maiden. It's that chorus, isn't it? It's for that chorus. Mm-hmm. It's that, yeah. It's the whoa, whoa, whoa part. Oh, it's, it's, it's sorry, but it's for, but, the, for that bit. Sorry, yeah. It's for the, which I, I've never heard very many people say that they don't like that part. To me, that's the absolute best part of the song. But yeah, for me, I listen to this. You know, the bass intro. The the intro. The intro is nice. The it's it's similar to Caught Somewhere in Time in that you've got, you know, you're kind of moving along with an intro, and all of a sudden it's like it just goes from. It's like um, they just went full throttle, like they just went, "Hey, I ain't let that guy pass me!" Bam, hit the hit the pedal and put it down. Um, uh, I don't. Uh, I'm I'm with you, uh, Alan. What you said about the 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 lyrics. It's um, like 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 if you're okay if you're looking through. I've got the I've got the lyrics in front of me. You go to the second verse. He says, I have a lust for the earth below and hell itself is my only foe. Then he's like, because I've no fear of dying, I'll go when I'm good and ready. That's one line. Because mm. I have no fear of dying, I'll go when I'm good and ready. That's a long, that's a lot of words. And he can't really sing it. So at least not the way, not, not with what you want. And then... And, and and then there's really no pre-chorus. It's uh, you. Just, it just goes straight into heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait till another day. Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. Heaven can. And, and, you know, and it's just like you know, it's just, it's got to be difficult to you know to sing live. Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. Over and over and. And then, and then the thing that I thought was the worst about this, well, song is when Blaze was in the band, Steve even had him singing this. And I was like, that is a terrible song to choose for Blaze. He, he wasn't doing Blaze any favors by yeah. having that in the set. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, the, like I said, the whoa, whoa, whoa part, that's great. I, I do like the way the song ends, you know, like with the da 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 I like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And there there's two things that are really awesome about that. The way it sounds like I just explained, and then it's over. That's just the ending of the song. So the song's over at that point. So um yeah, to me, uh I definitely if I'm in a pinch for time. I would skip that song. I normally wouldn't because I'm an album guy and I just like to play the album all the way through. But, you know, if I was listening and I'm halfway through and I'm kind of looking at my watch going on, oh, how much more has this song got to go? I might just skip it. Mm. But it's, it's not a horrible song. But when you've just, when you've just had two really great songs by Adrian in a row and, and, yeah, that's it, Heaven Can Wait was in a bad spot.
track four, which if you were listening to this on a cassette like I was in 1986, this would have been the last song on side one, side A. Heaven Can Wait. So, Mark, what do you think of Heaven Can Wait? <laughs> you really want to know. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay, I would classify this song as being roughly mediocre. <laughs> um, okay. I, I didn't care as much for the intro. I mean, it's okay. They got the snare thing, da 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 dun 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 kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, it just it doesn't grab me like the uh, you know the madness song does, and you know, it's it's okay. But I think the the lyrics are a little clumsy, and he just sings "Heaven Can't Wait," "Heaven Can't Wait" over and over again. Yeah, and it's just not it, it's not well as well thought out. Um, and so I think the it's production wise it's it's great it's fine there. Um, it's just yeah it's for me it just didn't hit me as being a a good maiden song. It's it, like I say, it's mediocre. It has its finer points. I do think the the rhythms under the verses is really well done for what Bruce is doing. The guys underneath that are really good. doing the galloping rhythm like they always do. It's just really really good. It's really funny because what I have done is I tried to really isolate the the different tracks in my in my listening experience. So I've looked at say the the guitarist and I try to listen to what Steve Harris is doing and he's really doing some great things there. And I think he's underappreciated for how he contributes to the overall feel of, of many of the songs and how he's actually doing the galloping stuff with his fingers, no less. Yeah. Which is, which I have to, I have to say that's, that's not easy to do. Um, he's, he's probably one of the, one of the best bass guitarists in rock, not the best. I mean, I think Getty Lee's probably the best, maybe him and Chris Squire, but, um, but yeah, he's up there. And so I, I, I like the song overall. It's okay. It's just not my favorite. And I would probably rate it about about a five or so on a scale. So <laughs> okay. uh, I can definitely, Steve does not agree, but that's okay. <laughs> Paul, Paul, what do you think of <laughs> heaven can wait? Sidebar jumping off of Mark's commentary on Steve's bass playing. I kind of miss the way his, uh, his bass sounded on the eighties albums as opposed to now it just popped more. It was a lot more, bubbly and it stood out more than it does now yeah anyway yeah. heaven can wait uh <laughs> um i will start by bashing this album this song because i think we all know how most maiden fans feel about this song uh when compared with a song like evil that men do that song easily smokes this one okay in terms of structure and content and composition it is the weakest song on the album but only because of the weak chorus yes repetitive can be good if used uh if used correctly or in a catchy way but bad if the melody sounds off and when he sings heaven can wait it just like you like you said before it sounds too happy that being said i consider this song at worst on this album above average okay i think the eerie keyboard intro is really cool and i think it gears you up i always go oh this i think the first time i heard this i was like this seems kind of moody and exciting yeah something i noticed when they when they do it live because it's the only other song they'll give live attention to from this album which is a crime in my opinion i always wonder why the keyboards change key on the album 
it's it's an and the key of a on an album like a and live nowadays it's a d like a i can't go as low as it but yeah. when they do it live maybe just to sound heavier sure i don't think it detracts at all i just noticed it uh the cool atmospheric mini solo intro that they do the do do has a great build it loses some of the chills that hit you when the verses hit but without the vocals in this song i think the guitar line still sounds great the pre-choruses are great the i can't believe the really my time has come that's a cool part it still sounds somewhat dark in that section yeah. And I think that the pacing alone, the quick pace, the fun pace by itself saves the song. Because I think when you think of the concept of the song, which is a near-death experience, it starts perfectly with that sinister keyboard. <laughs> yeah. And in the second Bruce starts singing, it just sounds too happy for what they're singing about. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really pick up again until the middle section where Dave's first solo hits. And the, I have nothing bad to say about the soccer part. I think this is the first instance of uh, that maiden soccer sing along. The oh, 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 that's always been a cool part. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna throw the word uh, lazy into this to describe Adrian's solo, but in a good way. Okay. And to explain that, I what I mean is it's. It's a slower solo. It sounds like it's trying to catch up to the pace of the song. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the meaning of it, I look at it as that solo. It's kind of describing like someone's trying to restore a heartbeat. And if you consider his solo as the guitar, uh, the guitar lick under the, uh, oh, where he's doing the do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to hear. Where that lit that lick kind of leading out of it, and uh, the I feel like it's it's like someone's performing CPR on the guy, and as soon as he hits the verses again, it's like they're waking up. Oh wow! Yeah, I've never hadn't thought all of that. <laughs> yeah, let me just say this: I mean, the ending of the song where they do oh that that whole yeah vocal line, right? I thought that really made the song work better. Right, because it was kind of unexpected for me because I was in the song. I was like, okay, it's okay. They hit that line and it kind of elevated the song. Yeah, in my mind, it, it's it, it was a it was a really cool addition, and I thought I thought it did it worked much more effectively than the other parts of the song did. That's just my view. So yeah, for what that's that's worth. the only word in the tr chorus for the trooper is oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. So there you go. Think about hard down that one. I had to make a mental note while Paul was talking when he said lazy, but in a good way, because I'm going to use that with my wife when she calls me lazy next time. I'll be mean, look, look, I am lazy, but in a good way. <laughs> oh, it's perfect, Steve. Yeah. yeah. So Mark, take note, okay? Um, oh yeah. Heaven can wait. I know Mark is waiting for this. Um, oh, yeah. and um, I've basically what I'm doing is highlighting my notes and just trying to pick a couple things out. So the first line I highlighted in heaven can wait is it doesn't do much for me. Um, <laughs> I don't really like the way Bruce delivers the vocals. It's just too quick. He doesn't really get to sing. Um, it's not a bad song. It just doesn't appeal to me. Like I, like it used to, I liked it when I was a kid, but it's just, as I've gotten older, 
Um, well, the chorus, okay, the chorus gets really old fast. Uh, and and it's like kind of what you said, Paul. I said the song is, I don't know if it's because it's too happy for, for what, you know, what the whole vibe of the song's supposed to be. But yeah, when I, when I was younger, I liked it. But I think that was just being naive and liking everything. You know, when you would turn on an album and you would just listen to the whole thing and you'd go, oh, I like it. It's Iron Maiden. I like it. Um, the best part of this song to me is the little, I don't know if you would call it a bridge, when they do the take my hand, I'll lead you to the promised land. You know, that whole part is kind of a, they cut the, the, the way the, the rhythm of the song changes a little bit. And I like that. Um, and then of course the, the whoa, whoa, whoa part, the soccer sing along type part. Uh, I don't hate this song, but if I was in a hurry and I've probably said this on every episode, if I was in a hurry, I might hit the skip button. <laughs> so, um, but I, and the ending of the song is cool as well. next song is heaven can wait what do you think of heaven can wait heaven can wait is a song i never really got into and i know that's not going to be very popular it's okay it's not bad it's not great it's just okay um i never did like it when they played it live and they brought out all contest winners and crew and stuff to sing the whoa part yeah Um, yeah it's okay it Um, it's a little plotting in my opinion but that's just me I'll, I'll be honest with gamblers. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't think you're going to offend a lot of people because so far all of the rankings that you know at the end here, I'm going to ask you if you can rank the songs in order. If you can't, if you can't on the spur of the moment, that's fine too. But that I think has ranked the dead last song on every list. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, and and it's crazy because of all the Iron Maiden songs that have ever been played live, Heaven Can Wait. There's only 11 songs that have been played live more than Heaven Can Wait. Well, that's one of Steve's favorites for sure. It's kind of yeah, maybe, and I guess like, you know, everybody knows it's Steve's band, but you yeah. know, I, I don't get it myself, but that's me. Yeah, same here.
All right. Well, there you have it. I hope you are not too upset with anybody or their opinions that were shared. We were all speaking honestly, and trust me, we all do love Iron Maiden regardless. That is a fact. So, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Kirsty, Paul, Andy, Alan, on behalf of Matt, the most hated man in podcast land. Whoa. Whoa. What? Whoa. Hey, what are you doing here? What do you mean? What am I doing here? I'm at lunch. Oh, that's right. I, I sat next to you today in the lunchroom. That's right. Ooh. I made it my lunch today. I got to eat it. <laughs> you made it your lunch today. Oh, uh, so what are you eating? Waffles. Oh, well, speaking of waffling, I mean waffles, um, since you're here, uh, maybe I can ask you a few things. Can I? Sure, go ahead. What you got? Okay, okay. Now, it's been, well, gosh, it's probably been a probably been two months since we had our conversation about Heaven Can Wait, the song, which, well, first, let me ask you this, because I couldn't find you earlier. You know, I guess you showed up to work late or something when I was... Uh, you know, working on this thing, but, um, what you took a nap. Is that what you said? (laughs) Well, I had a big weekend. Then I took a nap. Ah, well, I think people might know about the weekend a little bit. You'll have to find out later, but, um, what was I going to ask you about? Um, oh yeah. So it's been a while since we talked about heaven can wait. Did you, since that time, have you since that time actually listened to somewhere in time, the album again? And if so, when you listened to Heaven Can Wait, did you have any different thoughts about it? Yeah, I have listened to it. And it gets a bit of a bad rap, mm-hmm. but it's on a pretty strong album too. Mm-hmm. So something's got to be first and something's got to be last. Well, let, let me, let me, okay. Because I was listening to it just, just putting this whole thing together. And I thought as I was listening to it, I was just like, man, this song is awesome. But like you said, it's on... It it follows Wasted Years, which is a huge fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Then it follows another Adrian Smith written song, Sea of Madness, which, you know, those two songs followed Caught Somewhere in Time. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you're talking about, you know, really, really strong stuff going on there. And then if I had never heard Heaven Can Wait and I turned it on and listened to it, the very, I bet you the very first time I heard it, I thought it was like incredible. So I th- I think it does it's I think its placement has something to do with with what happened there so I was going to ask if is that may have been the case but if that's what you think where do you think it would would have been better suited I mean I think it's a, it's a, it's a it's a good side closer because it closes side 1 side mm-hmm. A what do you call it 1 or A uh I would call it side 1 okay so it closes side 1 it's a good closing song for the album. I mean, th- that could have actually, the, I mean, not for the album, but for the side, it could have been a, a good closing song for the album as well. Not better than what the closing song is. It wouldn't have fit any better, but I think it could have been a good, you know, cause the way it, it fades in the way it kind of has a, you know, the way it kind of ends. So there's some good music in there. I don't know if it's maybe, uh, is it the vocals? Uh, what do you think? The... Oh, sorry. That's my ringtone. Hey, that sounded like um, the guitar solo from 
Stranger in a Strange Land. It was, and that wasn't planned at all. I don't know who that is calling. So I don't know maybe, maybe you, maybe they're calling to let you know that you're eligible for fifty percent off of your AT and T bill. <laughs> well, I do get that offer every second day. I, I get, I get that offer about every single day. So. If anyone is interested in saving 50% on their AT&T bill, let me know because I can forward that phone number to you and uh, they'll probably put you on a spam call list like I might be on. So, okay. plug for AT&T. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to plug them because I dumped them as soon as I could dump them. So I used to work for AT&T. I don't have good things to say about them. So maybe we should move on. <laughs> but that was a good call to get. Got to listen to a little bit of the the atrium you get to hear a little bit there you go okay so let me ask you this okay uh i don't want to waffle on too long because we kind of tend to do that now i've done a poll recently on twitter and the poll is currently still going as i'm looking at it this second it shows to have one day left on the poll so i guess a 24 hours and change left and based on the voting well first off let me read the poll. It says, choose which one of these three is your favorite member of Iron Maiden and why? Is it Adrian, Steve, or Bruce? If not one of them, write your favorite member in the comments. So the choice is obviously Steve Harris, Adrian Smith, and Bruce Dickinson. Matt, did you vote on this poll? I did vote on this poll. Okay. Now, you're going to have to do something that only one other person is going to have to do, which is me. How did you vote? Tell me how you voted. I did my vote on Twitter. How'd you do yours? I did mine on Twitter as well. That's where the poll is. <laughs> no, <laughs> Who did I, uh, you vote for? <laughs> so I, I had to think about it because I wouldn't have voted for Bruce. Like Bruce is good and all. He's out there and doing his job. But when I first got into the band, I was really into Steve Harris. Mm-hmm. And I've never told you, but... I went and got a, a bass guitar when I was in my teens, mid-teens. Mm. And it was all because of the little solo that he plays under Dave's solo in Power Slave. Like, I loved that. And oh, yeah. everything was Steve Harris for me. But then throughout the years, um, well, I'm getting to the fact that I, I voted for Adrian. Okay. I just liked his his chilled demeanor and his songwriting and his playing. And so I changed. I was like, who do I like the most here still? Like Steve, you know, founding father or the epitome of cool. Everything Adrian does to me is cool. His mm-hmm. playing, his vocals. You said it. He's the golden goose. That's how he his stands fishing? out for me. Uh, you can't have everything. I'm not <laughs> but he's, a, he's almost an untouchable, pun intended. Pun intended. Okay. Okay. Well, me, when I put this to a vote, it was it was uh, Sean who we would have who you will have just heard. He was the last one to tell his opinion of this song. This was his idea. He said, "Hey, I think it would be a cool poll to see who people voted, who people would vote for." He said, "I think the results would be surprising, and maybe it's that I've been surrounded by so many Adrian lovers recently, but I really thought Adrian's going to run away with this." And I was, like I said, inundated with Adrian Smith love from all sides, which for good reason. You know, like you just said, he's cool dude. He's a great songwriter. He's a great guitar player. And I just, my common sense thinking in the past would have said, it's going to be Steve Harris 
because Steve Harris started the band. No, you don't have no Steve Harris. You may maybe never knew who Adrian Smith was in your whole life. Mm-hmm. He his you know Urchin never took off. ASAP may ASAP may it may still have happened, but it didn't take off. Uh, his other projects haven't really taken off. We might not have a Smith Cotton album if it, we wouldn't have had a Smith Cotton album because the reason Richie Cotton wanted to meet Adrian Smith was because. He's an Iron Maiden, yeah. you know? So so I thought it's got to be Steve Harris because Steve Harris started the band, therefore introducing Adrian Smith to all of us. But then you think Iron Maiden existed with Steve Harris in it, with Adrian Smith in it before Bruce Dickinson. But when you ask people about their favorite singers, Bruce takes the cake. And given that Bruce has been through so much the last, you know, with the cancer and everything that, and he's every, he's most people's favorite singer and the voice it's the voice because the voice in bands is what draws people. If you don't like the voice, you're not coming to the band, right? Oh, I was going to say, he's not just the voice of maiden. He's one of the voices of metal in general. Sure. Sure. So, so on that front, I kind of thought, well, I could see Bruce getting, I could see Bruce being the favorite here. And part of this is my thought process while I'm watching the voting taking place every now and then I'll ch- just look to see where it's at. And and it starts out and I'm kind of like, wow, I'm surprised here because it started out with one guy in the lead, then another guy goes in the lead, then another guy. But then at a certain point, one guy kind of jumped in front and hasn't been kind of rivaled since. Okay, so for me personally, I didn't know who I was going to vote for. Because at the time I was thinking, and I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to say anything that's going to offend anybody here, but my my gut reaction was there's no way I'm voting for Bruce. I thought, Bruce seems like, okay, you know, Bruce, his interests are flying airplanes and talking about, you know, just he talks more about his personal life. He doesn't, and, and even... When you hear about him, he's not the guy that wants to sit around when he meets fans and talk about Iron Maiden. He doesn't want to, you know, you can't, he's not the guy where you want to ask him 20 questions about Iron Maiden. He doesn't want to answer. He almost seems, from what I've heard, I've never got the opportunity to meet him, but he almost always seems kind of like, let's talk about me as opposed to the reason you like me, (laughs) you know, because if if, if you were just an airplane pilot and a fencer, I would have never cared who you were, you know, Mm -hmm. and not to say those things aren't cool and important because you know, being that he flies Ed Force One around and flew the band around and did all that, that's that's really cool. But for me, that's that's my thought on on Bruce. I was like, eh, I just don't know that I would want to. Inter- see, if I was I gonna like Bruce, but I I could see oh, I him love being Bruce. divisive with people. Yeah, I love Bruce because as a singer. He's opinionated. I like that he's opinionated. I like that he stood up to the Osbournes and all that on that mm-hmm. tour, and I, I like all that stuff. But. If I was going to meet, you know, if I had the opportunity to interview anybody in Iron Maiden, don't get me wrong, I would love to interview Bruce. <laughs> but if I was hand picking, cherry picking, I want I want the guys that want to talk about Iron Maiden. So I'm thinking, okay, Bruce is out. So now it's between Adrian and Steve, and I've been around all this Adrian love lately. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to vote for Adrian. But then, you know, I'm reading. I, I had the luxury of reading people's reasoning, and other people had that luxury as well. But the the one thing that I start thinking, okay, no Steve Harris, no Iron Maiden, a 
no Iron Maiden. So you take away Iron Maiden from my life. I would have still listened to other rock bands, but my favorite band is gone, right? He's a he's a fantastic bass player. He's written a lot of great songs, a lot of great songs. He's written some duds, but he's also written, even his duds are better than a lot of other things. There's no real bad song. There might be some that are weaker than others, but there's nothing that I would ever say was bad. That, that's a better way of saying it. Yeah, that's a better way. So I thought, okay, Steve Harris is cool. Steve and, and Steve Harris lives and breathes Iron Maiden. Okay, here's and here's when I start thinking about it, you start thinking about that. He started Iron Maiden, blah, 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 blah. But Steve Harris has never left Iron Maiden. And last time I checked, Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson at a certain point were like, Iron Maiden's not important enough to me. And they took a hike. You know, which hey, that's that's their life, obviously. That's their choice. I don't begrudge them for that, but Steve Harris, I assume that Steve Harris lives and breathes, you know, when he's not living and breathing West Ham football, he's living and breathing Iron Maiden. And so that made my vote a little simpler at a certain point. I was like, it's got to be Steve. It's got to be, it's got to be Uncle Steve. Ari, the boss. So that's where my vote went. So where are we now? In the lead, with 40 okay in the lead with 41% of the votes is Steve Harris who do you think is in second place Bruce or Adrian well Steve being first doesn't surprise me mm-hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me if Bruce was second just because he's the front man right but like a fan favorite like if you were talking for general people asking you know, Hundred people. Who do you think? Who's your favorite? They'll just go with the singer. Sure. So, but <laughs> since you're asking me, I think Adrian might have crept up. That would that really would surprise me. I probably did imply that, but it's very close. It's very. I mean, I can only. I don't know the percentages here, but Adrian Smith is in second place mm. with. And I'm going to give the percentages to the inkling here, just so we can know how close they are. Adrian Smith is in front with 29.9% of the votes. Bruce is holding up the rear with 29.4% of the votes. Oh, it's close. It is close. So I'm assuming uh, there's two, There's currently 221 votes. So I can assume that only means there's probably a vote, maybe one vote difference in those two. Or maybe two votes, but it's only a half a percentage. So I'm assuming it's only one. It's only two votes max. There's nothing in it. It'll be a photo finish for second place. (laughs) Photo finish by a nose. (laughs) By a nose. Who's gonna win that one? So, but yeah, that's a very. uh, It's it's very interesting there. So, and to me, like I said, I was expecting, and because it started off with Adrian taking a huge lead over everybody, and I was like, wow. That really surprised me, but I thought, okay, this is kind of what I was thinking. Maybe Adrian. But then I just, the more I read people saying, look, there is no Iron Maiden without Steve Harris. He started the band. He's this phenomenal bass player. He's this phenomenal songwriter. He's been there from day one. This was his brainchild. He had this in his mind in the mid seventies, you know, and I'm, you're, you're like, wow, it's 46 years later. And he's never, he's never, he's never got off the boat. He stayed on the horse, you know? He is Iron Maiden. Yeah. So, 
Well, Matt, I'm going to say now this time, there you have it. That is all. We are going to close out now. And like I said, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Kirsty, on behalf of Paul, Andy, Alan, Matt, the most hated man in podcast land, Mark, <laughs> Sean, from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys. Good night. I just like that he's chilled, you know, because you got so Bruce, he does his job. He's your outspoken front man. Then you got Steve, who he's, he's not, I'm not going to say he's not chilled. You know, he's quiet and all, but he's aggressive on stage. Yeah, he's got a persona that he, well, it's not a persona. He, he becomes a different person, though. It's, you know, Iron Maiden mode. But then Adrian just kind of seems like Adrian on or off from what I've seen. And I just like that. So he's just chilled. And you know, it's funny because I read something about him once and it, and I liked it. He said, the thing about me is I like to have a bit of a drink and a bit of a play. And it was, that was pretty much it. And I like the casualness of that. He, he's just content, but he's in a, he's in a position, you know, his talent has given him that luxury to have a bit of a drink and a, a bit of a play. <laughs>